Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Quarterback and offensive coordinator. That's going to dominate the discussion until the OC is hired, and then it will transition into that specific offensive coordinator mm-hmm. dominating the discussion. How's he going to be? What kind of system is he going to use? What's his track record look like? How does he work with young quarterbacks? Good, bad. Has he ever worked with young quarterbacks? And then you're going to focus on the quarterback room all offseason long. Free agency opens up. What's going to happen with Mason? Are they going to go out and get a Brissett? maybe? Are they going to swing big at a Baker or a Kirk, perhaps? Are they going to draft a quarterback come April? You know, and then once those players are added to the roster or we kind of get an idea of what the room will look like, it'll just be more speculation in the offseason workouts, who looks better, breaking in this new OC's offense, who looks better in training camp, because according to Tomlin's end-of-the-season presser, there will be competition. There will be a legit battle for Kenny Pickett and that QB1 spot. Despite those really being the sexy topics, and we have a offensive coordinator interviewee candidate that has made itself we available. Do. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. There are other areas on this team that definitely deserve a lot of attention this offseason, and one of them really jumped out at me when I was scrolling yeah, where through, are you looking first? through X yesterday. And Jeremy Fowler reported that the Steelers are interested in bringing back Levi Wallace on a two-year deal. Now, Levi was less than ideal this year, I'd say, in Steelers Nation's eyes. I think a lot of people hoped he would be corner two, allowing Pat Pete to be a little bit more flexible, play a little bit more safety maybe. It ended up being the case that Pat Pete needed to play corner pretty much exclusively because of Levi Wallace's insufficiencies. Uh, but that cornerback room is an area where they need bodies. And if you can bring back a Levi Wallace on a cheap two-year deal, play you some special teams, maybe be the fourth or fifth corner in that room, then I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Be, people, I think, overreacting a little bit and saying, oh, he was so bad, why are you bringing back this guy when he just he couldn't even stay on the field as a starter towards the end of his tenure here in Pittsburgh? I get all that, but... After Joey Porter Jr., who do you trust in that cornerback room? Yeah, no one. It's, and it's I'm not saying Levi's the answer, fair. but I'm saying throw some bodies at that thing, For sure. get some depth at least. You have to. I think you know the only guy with upside potential is uh, the guy who didn't play a single snap for the Steelers all season long. And that's well, Corey Trice. Trice, and then there's Rush too, who they traded for Rush. And right, got hurt. but I mean, yeah, right. Both Barely of those guys played. have a lot of potential, but like, are you going to roll out? Joey Porter Jr., and then a guy who was drafted in the seventh round last year and didn't play a snap, so essentially a rookie, and then a guy in Rush who is is green as well. Like, that's three pretty green defensive backs on the field at the same time. I don't care how above his or ahead of his years Joey Porter Jr. is. It's still Uh, a very young quarterback. You still need somebody out there that's a veteran, I think. veteran, for sure. Hopefully Levi Wallace isn't, you know, the only signing they make in that category. I don't think it will be. But that report of him being interested, or the Steelers being interested in him, really 
doesn't kicked into me that you know corner is definitely not solved no, just because we feel good not. about Joey Porter Jr. and you have that lockdown corner for the first time in a while that position group is far from being uh considered a strength for sure but you can still i think call it a bit of a weakness on this team even despite Joey's play you know the rest have kind of been below the line and i'm including Pat Pete in that category yeah, Pat Pete for sure. Um, I think you were looking more so for a veteran presence, but he had a lot of playing time, and his age definitely showed, and that was a huge disappointment. And then bring Levi Wallace came back for another year, and obviously his play wasn't up to par, and really it was just a one-man show all year long, and that was just Joey Porter Jr. So I'm with you, Tom. It's It's very unsettling to look at the the state of the cornerback room as it stands right now. Now, I assume the the duo of Omar Khan and Andy Wida will will take great lengths to improve that via free agency and the draft this year. I think it's not far-fetched to say that this draft class that was spearheaded by Khan and, and Weidel this past season and their first go at it as the lead guys is one of the best draft classes we've seen in our lifetime in, in, in watching this team. I mean, you can look at a homegrown talent and the Steelers rank near the bottom, if not dead last in homegrown talent, uh, when it comes to developing players that they've drafted. Um, I know in 2018's draft class, if Mason Rudolph decides to lead leave, sorry, that's it for that draft class. Uh, 2017, T.J. Watts, the last remaining guy. Um, there is a, a very huge dearth of homegrown talent on this team, and for Weidel and Khan to really knock it out of the park in their first go-ahead, I really trust them moving forward. And, you know, the priority last year had to be cornerback and offensive line, and they did that. And I think quarterback has to be a priority Again, and I can't imagine them neglecting to address that. Yeah, they wouldn't neglect it. Um, I would love another draft pick, like you were saying, like another draft pick, maybe a free agent that you throw at the wall, bring back Levi. That's bring not back just Pat Pete. That's not just a Pat Pete or a Levi equivalent. It's okay now. You got a guy to really pair with Joey Porter Jr. You need that. You need mm-hmm. that second fiddle now. Mm-hmm. That's the next step in really solidifying that cornerback room. And then really once you get that, once you have your top two, I think the rest can fall into place. But I don't hate just throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and seeing if any of these veterans stick, not as a number two, but as a three, four, five veteran depth guy. That's fine with me as long as Weidel and Khan prioritize this position and say, let's go out and get the big guy. Let's go out and get the big guy, the biggest name in free agency or one of the biggest names, or or let's go out and use our our first round draft pick on this position for the second year in a row. You know, I would I would love to get one of these shut down slot corners. You know, you kinda had one. In Hilton and Sutton, yeah, you really um, did. Hilton more of a blitzer, run support guy, but but Sutton still in could the do slot it. Was pretty good. Uh-huh. Clearly, in Detroit, as he's bumped to the outside, he is not as no. good. He was no. targeted a lot, and by we Baker saw that Mayfield. in Pittsburgh too. Like he, was he wasn't in that position as much, but, but when he was, he was obviously better suited in the slot, and you know, Detroit didn't really seem to pick up on that. But uh, but I still think that, you know. 
that kind of player is so valuable in today's NFL mm-hmm. because of how these offenses put a Cooper Cup in the slot or try to line up a, a T. Higgins in the slot. They're very creative. You know, it's not just you're the size of Julian Edelman and you're going to play slot receiver. They, they put big guys in that slot. Oh, yeah, the, for sure. So having, like, the, like the Jerry Sneed for the, the mm-hmm. Chiefs, like having a guy like that is almost as valuable as having that true outside Joey Porter Jr. type, Sauce Gardner type shutdown corner. So I'd love to see them take a, a stab, and I think you find those in free agency because I think those mm. guys become the elites at that position more so after they've been in the pros for a little bit. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, you know, oh, this guy's a great... Because if you're a great slot corner in college, you're playing on the outside a lot. You know, you're probably going to be covering their big dog lined up outside the hashes for the most part. So go take a stab at that guy in free agency. Get a... a, Not a Shandon Sullivan, who's okay at that position. Get Mm -hmm. someone who's good to great at that position. You might have to spend a little bit of money, but you can afford to do so with that quarterback uh, being on such a cheap deal for the next couple of seasons. So I would love to see that. And then, like you said, yeah, a number two needs to clearly emerge next to Joey Porter Jr. Because Pat Pete did an okay enough job at that this year, mm-hmm. but not good enough. Uh, I want someone with speed, you know, someone a little bit on the other side of the age side of the fence than Patrick Peterson. Give me, give me a young guy there to to run with Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, build like just say for the next five or so years, you're. Your cornerback room is pretty much solid at the very top. Now, another spot that I think, and we'll stick with the defensive side of the ball before moving to the offense, that I really look at and say, man, you need one more, is that defensive line spot. Mm -hmm. And I say you need one more because I think Cam's going to come back. I I have a, a strong feeling that... They'll yeah, rework, it sounds they'll like rework with Mike that T deal. Coming back, he'll want to come back and play. They got to get again. that cap hit down though, yeah. because you got to oh, have yeah. an honest conversation with him and say your performance last year didn't merit the paycheck that we gave you. You got to restructure that deal. I think Cam's a true Pittsburgher. This is his hometown now. I bet you he'd be open to restructuring that deal, um, getting the cap hit a little bit more manageable for the Steelers and coming back. Keanu Benton. You know, Tomlin was talking about him at the end of the season. He thinks he has a star at that position. So you got a star in Benton. You got Cam. That group of Adams, Watts, Ogunjobi, as a group, not bad. I wouldn't hate bringing back some of those guys, but Mm -hmm. I want one more. I want one more third, second-round pick. I want one more free agent, upper echelon free agent signing uh, for that defensive line for me to feel – as comfortable as I should with that unit. Uh, an aging Cam worries you. A budding Keanu Benton gives you hope. And then the rest of the guys are, are pretty solid depth pieces. Give me, that, give me that guy that's clearly the number three, though, and maybe mm-hmm. pushes Cam for that number two. Yeah, I mean, just... I think Benton's going to be my number one next year, starting training camp. Oh, yeah. Based on Cam's play this past year and, and his ability to get thrown into that fire as a rookie. He was the mm-hmm. earliest rookie to really play. And he didn't yeah. blink at all. And that was something that we predicted because we knew the offensive line, the the tendency they had to go with there. And same with the cornerbacks. They had their guys between Pat Pete and, and Levi Wallace. We predicted that due to circumstances that Keanu Benton had the best shot at starting the earliest in the season, and we were spot on with that. So it's not outlandish at all to, for you to say uh, Keanu Benton could be just the defensive lineman number one starting next year. 
And, Tom, I'm going to go back to just the trust I have and the guys at the top, Omar Khan and Andy Weidel, they identified defensive line as a a need of a changing of the guard, right? Cam is there and Larry O is there and your death pieces are there, but you're not going to be able to survive on that the older Cam gets. So that's why they went out and used the third-round draft pick on Keanu Benton. I don't see them neglecting this position either. And then one more position group that's at the top of my head. And again, it's it's on the offensive side of the ball. And again, it's like I said with the D-line. You need, you need one more. Can you guess? I'm going to guess it's the offensive line. Nope. Well, yeah. Yeah, actually, you're right. It wasn't where I was going. But yeah, you do need someone better on the offensive line. So there's two more that I'm going to bring up. Offensive line, for sure. On the interior, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Because they're in love with Dan Moore. Like, Dan Moore's going to be back. I, I just feel that in my bones. Maybe they draft a left tackle this year. Um, Broderick stays at the right spot. And this left tackle is brought along to eventually replace Dan Moore. I just, I feel like if I get my hopes up that they're going to move on from the guy, I'm going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. They love him. He's going to be back this year, whether it's on the left or the right side, maybe that's to be determined. But I, I fully expect number 65 and then Broderick Jones to be your two tackles. Next I year. think Broderick Jones should choose where he gets to line up. I wouldn't hate that, but yeah. that's just not how it goes. Right. I also think that their two guards are pretty solid. Daniels and Simalo. Simalo came on strong Definitely. last year. Yeah. So that leaves the center as the spot where oh, you're, yeah. you're needing the upgrade. Oh, and, yeah. Big time. I mean, I'm not an expert in offensive line play, but I do know that when it's week after week, the snap is skidding back. The snap is going mm-hmm. over the quarterback's head. When the snap is an issue consistently, you know, Tomlin said in one of his press conferences during the losing streak that they're – Having elements of September football creep into December, that that is September football. That is August. That's training camp football. Right, that right. Crept through Cole's game pretty much all year long. And you can't allow, especially too, when it's not like they were rotating centers. This was Mason Cole's job yeah, like, all like, year long into last year. So how is he struggling this much with a year under his belt and then playing every game this year as well? And then you'd say, well, they rotated the quarterback. Yeah, but like all of Cole's snap issues were in shotgun. Like yeah, it had right. nothing to do with the they quarterback. They were all going low. Center. Yeah. Uh-huh. Shotgun to shotgun. It don't mm-hmm. I guess you gotta put it up a little bit higher for Mason. But and they Kenny, were both like, they were low for Mitch and Mason and Kenny. No doubt. So yeah, good call. Offensive line needs a, a, a boost as well. I was thinking the wide receiver room. You know, I think Pickens and Deontay are, are pretty yeah. good one-twos. Okay. Pickens has become the number one. You know, for sure. A thousand-yard season under his belt. Uh, a lot of jaw-dropping moments, a couple hundred-yard games. But Deontay had a really good season, too, uh, especially as far as finding that paint is concerned. He finally got himself into the end zone. He had that long touchdown. Yeah, um, against Baltimore in the season finale. Just an incredible run. He came to the sidelines after and was like, I don't think I ran that long in years. So... I think you're pretty good at one, too, but there is a cliff of a drop-off to number three. Yeah. Calvin Austin just ain't the guy, or, you know, they're not using him correctly, mm-hmm. although I just tend to think he's just not the guy. Allen Robinson's old. Allen Robinson's best trick is blocking now instead of actually playing wide receiver. You know, they, they desperately need to invest in a wide receiver in this upcoming draft class, and that's where I would go with it. Okay. The, the market for wide receivers can be crazy pricey, you already have a one and a two. Go get a three in the mm-hmm. draft. I think that you saw them neglect the wide receiver last year in the draft for the first time. How long has it been since they didn't take a receiver in a it's, draft yeah, class? that's a good point. In a long, long time because I think they like the confidence. They like Calvin Austin. They like Calvin yeah. Austin. 
Plus, they saw what they got out of Kenny down the stretch of 2022 with George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, Deontay Johnson. They were probably thinking, okay, all we have to do is add Calvin Austin to the mix, bring in a slot veteran like Allen Robinson. This offense should do very well. They went out and drafted Darnell Washington. I'm sure they felt a lot better uh, than the actual result of the receivers uh, that you got in 2023. So I don't blame them for not going out and getting a receiver via the draft, but I'm sure now after taking that year off and seeing the drop between Deontay and Pickens to Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin, that they're saying to themselves, yeah, we definitely need to add another pass catcher despite having a solid running back duo, a solid top two at the at the wide receiver position, and Pat Fryermuth as a tight end, you still need another guy to be able to catch balls for you. Well, yeah, because they, and maybe this changes with the offensive coordinator, but they don't use Pat. I mean, he is not right. utilized I mean, as the pass-catching tight end he was supposed to be out of Penn State. He came on a little bit stronger at the, at the end of the season, but so did everybody because of Mason Rudolph. But you still need to incorporate him more than you were for the entire season. Violent runner, too, when Pat gets the yeah. ball. He always seems to have an angry run in him once he gets into space. Yeah, I think that, that I don't know if it was Baltimore or Seattle where he had a catch on the near sideline and extended it for another 20 yards upfield for a broken, because of the broken tackle. Yeah, he's a son of a bitch to tackle. Mm-hmm. You know, teams aren't going to want to do that against him very often, but you got to get him the ball in space for him to be able to, you know, rumble through teams' secondaries. So, I just think when I'm looking at the wide receiver room, you know, Calvin Austin, if he's like a number four, then I'm a lot. It's the same with the corners. Like if Levi's a number four, if you if drop Calvin's those a number guys four, down. it's the same thing we were saying about the them. offensive line and the depth there. You you drop Dan Moore back, you drop Kendrick. I mean, that's how bad it was when we were saying Kendrick Green was starting. You drop him back to the third string, four string. You feel much better. Not only because there's an, another guy in that is better than they are, but that then their role being lessened mm-hmm. can can lead to them, them being yeah. a better player, being a more uh a contributing factor to the team winning. Like, you know, if Calvin Austin's a number three, you know, then you're, you're getting asking a lot of him, getting, yeah. but if he's a number four and you know maybe an afterthought for a lot of defenses and defensive coordinators, good offensive coordinator can have like five or six plays right. that he has that he can go to for Calvin Austin here or there for big hitters. So I'm not saying I'm giving up on him yet, and I'm not saying no, that I don't they should think move we on should. from him. They should yeah. bring him back because he's a young kid and he's under team control. But I'm just saying, you know, give me that true number three wide receiver. You know, not this question mark of can he or can't he play mm-hmm. that level with Calvin Austin. Give me someone out of college that, you know, really hits the ground running in that role and – becomes a, a legitimate weapon in that receiving room because there's really only two right now because of the way they don't use Pat Definitely. and then the fact that Calvin and, and Robinson are just And not, Darnell Washington caught Darnell's like, what, 10 doing, passes all year he's long? He's a blocker. Mm-hmm. So there's really like t- there's two threats in the passing game right now for the Steelers. Now, internally, they have options. Like Pat can, can become more productive with a new OC, but two legitimate options right now is 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 tough in the modern day. Not enough in the passing game, I should right. say, because they have also two legitimate. They options. have offensive weapons. They have two to go options around. in the running game, and then also just two options in the passing game. Mm-hmm. What's up? I'm John Wall, and I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Six Man of the Year. 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And, and you need more. You need more in today's NFL. And, you know, a lot of this, I think, comes down to the offensive coordinator. Well, as far as the part of getting the more out of players like Austin and Pat Frymuth and Kenny Pickett, for that matter, you know, that that is a tough, tough job for an OC. And that's what I got to wonder with these OCs that are interviewing for this job. You know, obviously, you want to climb that ladder in the coaching world. Mm-hmm. And this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So taking an OC job here is, is huge for guys that are passing mm-hmm. game coordinators or trying to get back to the offensive coordinator job that they had been relieved of recently in their career. So, you know, when you look, the offensive coordinators, they have to find an attraction to the team, too, because they don't want to come into a failed situation and I'm not saying this is a failed situation, but I wonder if they look at it and they're like, Pickens and Deontay have a ton of potential if I can just unlock this quarterback, or if they look at it like, yeah, I mean, they got potential, but, man, they don't really have much to cook with on this offensive side of the ball. And the head chef, I, I don't know if he can cut it yet. So mm-hmm. that obviously, you know, it's two-way street with these interviews. It's not just the team interviewing the, the coordinator candidate. The guys it's the coordinator kind of interviewing at the, the team. team a little bit and kind yeah. of taking a look at Kenny Pickett with a little bit more of a – a microscope and being like, can I get the most out of this? Guy? I wonder though if 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 that person, whoever it is, is able to read between the lines and say, yeah, okay, Kenny Pickett's going to be a, a project, but it's going to be a lot easier of a project for me because he's got Najee and Warren and Deontay and Pickens and Pat all at his disposal, all at my disposal. I don't know. It's gonna it's gonna be the most interesting thing of the off season once we find. You know who that uh, offensive coordinator hire is going to be. We did have an interview leak or uh, a candidate come out for an interview. Zach Robinson of the mm-hmm. Rams, the passing game coordinator. Um, just to give you a quick background on Zach. You know he was a player for the Patriots, Seahawks, Lions. Uh, he spent one year on those three teams, 2010. So he's a practice squad guy. You know a fringe roster guy. Then he spent a couple years with the Bungles. Uh, he was the Ram. He's been a Rams guy pretty much his entire coaching career. Been a McVeigh guy. He was the quarterbacks assistant quarterbacks coach in 2019, then he was the assistant wideouts coach in 2020, then he was the assistant quarterbacks coach again in 2021 before finally becoming passing game coordinator and full time quarterbacks coach in 2022. So he's had two seasons in that role. Um, he's got experience with the quarterbacks. He's got experience with the wide receivers. Now he's the passing game coordinator. And one thing, too, is that like he's got experience working with a really good quarterback. Very good point with Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what that doesn't tell you, though, is his ability to get more out of a lesser out guy. Of a young quarterback. How mm-hmm. to 
develop. Stafford was developed. Right. You know? And and he right. wasn't even the OC. And McVay is an offensive guy, so he's got mm-hmm. a lot to say with this stuff. But they're shopping at the right store. I wanted to hear interviews from guys from, like, Bevel from Miami, like uh-huh. Kubiak from San Francisco. Robinson from L.A. really fits that mold. A McVay, a Shanahan, a McDaniels. You know, coming from that new offensive-minded regime of coaches, I, I want a guy who has learned at the altar of that. Mm-hmm. And this is this is purely a McVay guy. This is right. nothing. He's been there with him the entire all time. McVay from 2019 to 2023. Mm-hmm. He's been on McVay's staff. So obviously he's been learning at the feet of right, been the doing better it for a long time yep. in the NFL now. I like this guy. I, I think this is a hire that if they came out, now they're going to interview more people, but if they came I out and said say, Zach Robinson is the hire, I would be very happy with it. There would be very minimal criticism from me from the hiring standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now maybe he stinks. We're not going to know that until November of next year. I think the the pushback you could see on it is how could they hire the first guy they saw? I think a lot of people would be upset by that rather than really taking the time to interview enough people to give it a fair draw. I get that, but you know Plus, what? Like, sometimes you just interview the right yeah, guy Yeah, it's like, a right feeling. This is a weird analogy, but, like, when my wife and I were shopping for wedding venues, like, we found the one we liked right away, like, mm-hmm. our first visit, and, like, we had no, that I, same kind of conversation you're having where it's just like, but, like, can we really just go with like, the first Like, is the grass one? Like, greener out yes, there, right? Yes, exactly. But, okay, that's, Which that's fair. Which is why I think you got to interview more people, that's even fair. if you love this guy right away. But the thing that Tomlin said in his exit season-ending press conference last week was he wants someone who's had offensive coordinator coordinator experience Play before. Experience. Right. He, key. he wants someone who's worked with quarterbacks directly before. Robinson fits that mold, fine, but play calling, he's lacking a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I, I think he calls plays, though, for the Rams. Or as part of the... I don't know. Like, if you're there with McVay, isn't McVay calling all the plays? Yeah, unless he delegates, unless which is what good coaches would do. But there's always kind of that hanging over these guys, too. I think... Is that like you're playing under them, but how much... How much are you doing? Doing with a McVay there, like, right? That's the biggest criticism I have with the left witch potential is he might be a good offensive coordinator, but I just don't know how we know for sure with his head coach being Bruce Arians, mm-hmm. a great offensive coordinator. And then his quarterback his quarterback's being Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Who's a great offensive coordinator, too, when you think about it. Mm-hmm. So, And then the one year after Brady leaves, left uh, which isn't the best. No. So, in fact, Matt Williamson brought this up when he was on Mark's show with Tim Benz yesterday. Last year, you know, the Steelers' offense was like, lauded for being the least explosive in the league was actually 31st. Guess who was 32nd? Byron Leftwich is Tampa Bay without Tom Brady. Yeah. So I don't know if you really want to go that route because that element of who really was responsible is to the 10th degree when it comes to Byron Leftwich because it's not only a great offensive coordinator as the head coach, it's the greatest quarterback of all time as his quarterback. Right. not saying that Leftwich was just like, a guy, up, yeah, a pawn. Mm-hmm. Like, Tom, great game on Sunday, man. He was putting in the game plan. He was working with Brady and Aaron. Yeah, he was in those meetings for sure. I, I just don't know if I want to hand him the keys to this position right now without a Hall of Fame quarterback and an offensive-minded head coach attached to his hip. And and I, with guys like Biennemi, you know, I think that was a big problem with him. Is it, is it Reed and Mahomes? Is it Biennemi? 
know, that's why he couldn't get a head coaching job until he went and was an OC elsewhere mm-hmm. to kind of prove it wasn't just Reed mm-hmm. and, Mahomes. and Mahomes. I had something to do with this as well. Um, so Zach Robinson kind of falls into that, like you're saying. How much play calling experience right. does he have? Is it really McVeigh kind of babysitting him a lot of the ways? Or, you know, he's allowed to do his thing until he says something that McVeigh doesn't like, and then all of a sudden McVeigh steps in there. I don't know what that dynamic is like. I do know he's young, and I do know that he comes from a coaching staff that is modern age, yeah. pass first NFL style of thinking. So I like Zach Robinson. I think it's a good interview. Very excited to see some of the other interviews that start to come out. I'd love to see Kubiak. I really would. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you're going to... Biennemi is an interesting one, right? Because they're going to have way? a new coach in Washington. Is he retained? You're saying as a candidate for the Steelers? Is he retained as OC there? Does he go elsewhere? I, I saw, like, was it either yesterday or earlier today, he was just interviewed for the head coach in Washington. The enemy was. Yeah. Now that would be it. Would you be really upset with them if they did that? The the commanders, if they got just update upgraded him to head coach? I, I think this guy is deserving of a head coach for years. Yeah, right. And you know, I think the commanders if you had to pick a bright spot for moments of the season, the commanders offense put up points. Right. And Sam Howell, Howell put up yards. Yards, so, right. Yeah, it's confirmed. So him, Eric Bianami was interviewed for that. So for give that him Drake May. Spot. Yeah, you can do see a lot what more. see what Bianami can do there, um, but yeah, if he's not the head coach there, I, I would imagine maybe an OC elsewhere, depending on what the new head coach wants. Well, there, like, there, like Waldron. there are Waldron more... just got hired for the Bears, right? Because he How was the that? OC in Seattle. That was the name that Pete, I floated out there. Pete Carroll getting out of there last week. He needed a new job, mm-hmm. so I wonder if that happens with Bianami too. Um, so is that the first head coaching slot? So now we're down to seven? No, because Pierce was hired for the Raiders, the interim. Oh, right. So now we're down to six. And Mayo was hired for the Patriots. So three have been. Oh, so, so I guess we're down to five. Yeah. There's been that? three head coaching hires made so far. How about, it's just ridiculous. Two of them were internal. Like right. two of them didn't really move the needle at all. It's just crazy that, um, to me, that we had a quarter of the league without a head coach. Eight out of 32. Let's get more into the head coaching stuff sure. and coordinator stuff when we get back. Um, not only are we looking at the offensive side of the ball for the Steelers and coaching changes, but is there changes coming to the defensive side of the ball? Jerry Dulac reported something earlier today. We'll get into that, talk about the head coaching carousel in the NFL as well, listening to the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 